So thank you, thank you everyone for uh, joining me today. I'm pleased to announce I have developed the newest form of crypto mining. Oh, tell us more. We're all going to be very, very, very comfortable. I'm very excited to hear all about this. Okay, so first of all, if you could just uh, press the, the big button there to start the machine. Now that just starts up the generator, and if you just want to turn on the uh, the uh, blades here, click. Okay, now if you could just open the back of the van. Excellent. And then if we just speed off, we can start with Bezos just just into the chip. Oh, there. I see. This is what powers. This is what powers it. I see. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh. Have a gate next. Oh, why not? <laughs> Finally, a sustainable form of cryptocurrency, and no technical equipment had to die for its sins. My SSD is safe. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I've got apparently something going on with, with my voice. I had I think I had too much citrus just before I said that and and it did <laughs> Who are you? Eternal question, isn't it? Well, I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Iris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer from Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast, two queer trans ladies. We talk about the media we have consumed in the week and do skits and silly voices and Assuming we can answer get the questions sounds out. and whatnot. Yeah, if our voices are playing playing ball on a particular given day. Mm-hmm. Uh, shall we jump right into the things we've played this week? Tell us what you played, tell us what you played. What have I played? Um, we played It Takes Two together. It Takes Two, baby. It Takes Two, baby. Me and you and a horrible, horrible book. Horrible, horrible, thrusting magic sex book. Yeah, so this is a game by uh, the the. It, it, this is from the guy who made uh, Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. He did A Way Out. Uh, this is from a developer who likes to make two-player co-op games, mm-hmm. and I've enjoyed his stuff in the past. He's made good things. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a co-op game about being a pair of of parents who've decided, hey, you know, our relationship's not working out. We're gonna make the reasonable, sensible decision to get divorced, and their kid overhears them and goes, not fucking having that, I'm going to cry on a magic book! And they get transformed into little toys and have to go on a adventure to get turned back to normal and probably, you know, probably not get divorced afterwards. You know, it, 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 there's a magic book who's like, no, you're not allowed to get divorced. I'm going to have to make you fall in love again because you're not allowed to choose to divorce. Yeah, and considering that the thing, whole thing seems to be don't upset your child, you've upset your child, you have to not do that now, blah, blah, blah. Like, there are several points when the actions of the book actively hurt the child. Yes, yeah. So the whole, the book's whole thing is like, no, uh, no, I can't let you divorce because that's going to upset your, your child. But then it's... The book deliberately stops them from transforming back, even though it knows that, like, hey, 
this child is going through actual emotional neglect because, like, a little bit early-ish spoiler talk, um, the parents, while they're having this adventure as the little dolls, their bodies are just comatose just in the house. Just catatonic. Yeah, so, like, the daughter keeps going up to them and, like, trying to emotionally connect with her parents who've just told her that they're gonna get divorced, and, and now they're just ignoring They're just ignoring her, and she's building up this paranoia that she's the reason they got divorced, and, like, the book is actually fucking up this kid. You're making it laugh. Yeah, there's... And the the game's narrative has, like, no room, no wiggle room for, like, hey, maybe divorce is the right thing for this particular couple. Maybe they've thought it through. Maybe this is right for them. No. Divorce is bad. Don't do it. Magic's gonna stop you. So, like, plot-wise, I... The overall plot conceits a bit... Yeah. But, like, I enjoyed the characterization of the two main characters... I very much enjoyed the creative co-op interactions that that you can have as your two players. Mm -hmm. I thought that there was a good variety of, like, environments and set pieces and uh, narrative elements. Uh, I particularly enjoyed the bit inside the tree with the squirrel people. Um... You know, some segments of the game feel like they go on a little longer than they maybe need to, but Mm -hmm. it's it's a fun co-op game. Yeah, I mean, like I, I enjoy like the set design for it. I've I've enjoyed some of the puzzles. I've enjoyed the mini games. Um, it, the, the my main issue is is just the the plot as a whole. Like there are so many problems with the plot of this game. Yeah, yeah. You you've got to go into this knowing it's a game about like, okay. This game's been out a little while, I don't feel to... This is the kind of game that I think that even if you know spoilers, I don't think it's going to negatively impact your experience of playing this game. And if anything, you should... Yeah, skip ahead a minute if you you care about spoilers in this, but, like, there's a whole plot point about, like, hey, our daughter's tears turned us into these dolls. Maybe her tears will turn us back to being humans. I know. Let's go find... The elef- the cuddly toy elephant she's had since, like, infancy. Her best friend in the whole world. And destroy, destroy it. it to make our daughter cry so we can, like, dance in her tears. So, not only is the book awful, they're awful. Yeah, yeah, these... These these parents should get divorced. The only the only one that's any good in this story is Moon Baboon. Moon Baboon is good. Moon Baboon ha- has has this this child's best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. It's as long as you go into this like not expecting this to be in any way a story about good people and can enjoy the character work outside of the actual plot. Mm-hmm. It's a fun, creative co-op game. I am glad... I hope we get more like this from this person, but this plot was a bit of a swing and a miss for me. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what, what about you? What have you played what this week? Me? Oh, yeah. oh. Oh, I played some Destroy All Humans, One Giant Step on Mankind. Ooh, tell me how that's gone. I, I'm better at it than it was when it first came out or the original version came out. I yeah. remember getting it for the PS2 and going, I really like the idea of this and destroying it and it's got the, the Zim voice for, for, for Arthur Parks and that's going to be fun. 
I'm really bad at this and I can't get more than three levels into it uh, and I die all the time and that's making me really not enjoy the game so I will have to just sell it. Um, firstly, I wouldn't spend money in this game. Yeah, did you get this through like I got this store through, or something um, or a bundle? Uh, game Pass. Ah, it was on Game Pass. It's cool. on Game Pass. Um, yeah, don't, 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 don't give to ATHQ money. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 it, um it's 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 definitely racist. It's definitely um at least misogynistic. There's a lot of very poorly poorly aged uh, yeah early two thousands quote unquote humor in it. Yeah, there's a don't ask don't tell joke in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yup, yup, yeah. There's, 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 there's some other fairly casual homophobia. Um, he, yeah, the big reveal that the the person that's been pulling the strings all the way through is a woman, <gasps> and then lots of people being like, "He, oh, I mean, she." Oh, blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, well, that just rubs me the wrong way in several ways. A little bit, a little bit. Please no. Uh, yeah, didn't, didn't, didn't enjoy it. Got to the last boss, which is. Considerably better than I'd ever done before. Wasn't having fun because again, difficulty spike. Yeah, like I've got most of the way through the um, uh, what do you call it? The the like the that final boss. Yeah, like you can tell like how far through it you are, and it's like, oh, okay, I'm I'm just I can't get through this last bit, and it's always the very last section. It's like, yeah, I get you wanted to spike the difficulty for the end, but no. Yeah. Mm. What about you? Have you played anything else? I've been playing more Train Simulator because, of course, I have. Uh, you're watching me scroll. Oh, you're I'm, scrolling. Yeah, I'm trying to find the name of a particular uh, track that I was playing, and ah. I'm trying. Oh, to... that's all the ones you own. No, this is all the ones that are available for the game because oh. this seems the quickest way for me to just like do a word search and be like, it's it's. I mean, th- you can just check on your store page. I don't know how to check DLC I have, and I'm doing this now, so I'm going to do the search. The search button, will it tell me? Uh, It's not the Forest of Rail one. Ah, it's the Train Simulator Wakayama and Sakurai Lines route add-on. So this is a Japanese Japanese train line that's... It's very similar to that video that I was Mm -hmm. really enjoying before, where it's like... Lots of going very close behind houses where there's little houses sort of close on either side of the track. And then you get into little sections of here is just greenery and nice views. And then you're back in between houses. Um, It's a lovely little route. It's about half an hour long. Um, It's an overhead electrically powered uh, train line. Um, You literally cannot go above about 50 miles an hour on this train, maybe 65 kilometers an hour. Um, That is as fast as this train goes. Which is nice because it means that no matter how much you push push that throttle on, you're not going to rush through the the content too quickly. Um, And my favourite thing about this little piece of DLC is that depending on what season you uh, play the the DLC in, different kinds of leaves are on the trees and will blow off of the trees. So if you play it in spring, you get to watch the sakura petals sort of floating across the tracks in front of you as, as the train goes through them. And... Wait, 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 wait. You can have petals on the line. Yes, and the train doesn't have to stop all services. That sounds fake. I know it does sound fake, right? I live in the UK and I happen to know that even the suggestion of a leaf. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, you're looking confused. I um, thought I saw um, uh, Midlands Parkway. You did. <laughs> uh, I was doing this. I was playing Train Simulator on stream the day before we record this podcast. Mm. And uh, the lovely Phoenix, love you, um, was like, can you do the, the journey that goes in the direction of when you're coming to see see me? I was like, I went and had a look and I was like, they do have an East Midlands Parkway journey route add-on that will do that thing. So I, I'm probably going to be streaming that on Friday. So that's East Midlands Parkway to... Uh, to oh, London... To Derby to Nottingham. Uh, Derby to, there's Derby Leicester. to, yeah, it's Leicester to Derby and Notting, Nottingham, but it also includes the East Midland Parkway route from um, uh, St. Pan- St. Pancras, King's Cross St. Pancras. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, so we can do, we can do the bit, the stretch of train that we sometimes well, do. Yeah, yeah. Do we not have to get off at East Midlands Parkway and get on the, on the mega bus instead? <laughs> exactly. Just stop and play, um, like, bus simulator for a bit. <laughs> um... So yeah, I'm continuing to really enjoy Train Simulator as just an like as as my I don't feel up to to playing anything else. I will play this game. It's a it's good comfort gaming. Mm. What about you? What have you played this week? Uh, I played some Children of Mortar. Tell me about Children of Mortar. It's a roguelike game that desperately, desperately wants to tell you its plot at every possible opportunity. <laughs> and it really wants you to look at its huge, sweeping landscapes. Like, don't get me wrong, the pixel art's beautiful. Yeah. The zoomed out art is also beautiful. The story is fairly interesting, but the fact that, like, hey, we want to tell you some story. Here's a very slow pan into the house. Now we're inside the house. Now we're going to have quite a slow conversation. And literally, like, every time you die, it's like, okay, we're going to tell you a bunch more story now. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not very good at this yet. I was hoping to just jump in and, and, and do a bit more, yeah. you know, get start start getting a bit of a flow going with things. No, we've, we've got a story. There's a dog now. Oh, the dog needs mushrooms. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pop back in and grab some mushrooms. Cool. And there's this story about the about Kevin. Kevin wants to wield a blade. Cool. Oh no, Kevin's run away. Oh, sure. Oh, Kevin's back. I'm I'm glad Kevin's fine. <laughs> there are ways to intersperse narrative into a roguelike. Like uh, Hades, I think is a really good example of one that like does it really well in that it's not excessive amounts, and then in between runs you can just go. I want to get back into it. I'll come. I'll do the story in between next run. I feel like you can get a longer run in in Hades much more easily than you can in Children yeah. of Mortar, which is why I think Hades felt less intrusive. Yes. Don't get me wrong, there are a few times at the beginning it's like, oh, for God's sake, I don't want yeah. to talk to everyone, once, but I feel like I have to. But once you've played a little bit of it, it's like, yeah, I'll probably be like, you know, 30, 40 minutes before I'm dumped back out and see some story again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, like even before that, it's like sort of... Up to twenty minutes is not an unusual run. Yeah, but children of mortar on the children other hand, are, it's like no. I mean, oh, you you were out seven minutes. Back you come. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm bad at this. I accept I'm bad at this. But especially when you're like the first person you get is a a sword wielder. Yeah. Oh, and also there's like a whole tutorial section, so you that you've got that interspersed with more plot. So you're not even playing the full game before that. Yeah. And then occasionally you'll get like, oh, you've defeated the whole dungeon. That was a 20 minute run. Yeah. You defeated the whole dungeon back back to the house. You've got more plot to see. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, so the the combat feels pretty nice. I'm I'm mostly playing as the um, person with the bow and arrow. Hmm. Enjoying that. Enjoying the level up system. Enjoying that if you level up like uh, to certain key points. A, a character will have something that will carry over to the rest of the family. Yeah. So it's worth leveling up everyone to at least level four just to make sure that you've got whatever their first bonus is to give to the whole family. Yeah. But yeah, overall it's like a bit like, oh God, please stop. Let me just get in. Get in. Just get in with it again. <laughs> Come on. Oh. Oh, it's all right. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's another one on, on Game Pass. I'm not too bothered. Yeah. Yeah, what about you? Played anything else? Oh, we finished playing through Wind Waker HD together. Uh, I very much like that port of Wind Waker. Wind Waker continues to be a very good game, and the the, the HD Wii U port is a very nice port of it. Um, The Triforce quest in particular, much, much smoother to do now than it was to do originally. Mm -hmm. Um, Considerably more... Oh, I need 400 rupees for this map. Where the fuck am I going to find more rupees? I've got all the rupees I know about already. A lot less of that. Yeah, also, like, I feel like there are more purple rupees in the world. Yeah, there's less... Uh, there's less... I found the thing. Oh, no, that's only a map now. I need to go actually find the object. Um, there's a lot more just... The thing is here more directly. Don't Don't worry about, like... Stepping stones on the way to it, which helps. I feel like Wind Waker HD is probably the one that I might consider just sitting down with one day and doing like a full 100% playthrough of. Yes, agreed. Maybe not the Nintendo Museum, but like everything yeah. else. It's, it is a much more... They haven't made huge sweeping changes, but the changes they've made all feel very respectful of your time as a player. Absolutely, hundred percent. Like the, if you so much, so many quality of life updates in that game. Yeah, all just to be like, hey, let's let's just let's just polish off the little rough edges on an otherwise very good game. Yeah, like it's already a game that I'm more than willing to come back to every couple of years and just like have a fun playthrough. Yeah. Make the joke about Ganondorf being about to get the, the facial piercing of his life every time. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but like it's it's delightful, but like this one was almost over before I, I thought about it. Yeah, this game this particular Zelda game has a very like sudden pacing curve, because you do like the first three dungeons and then it's okay, we've got to get the Master Sword ready. And then it's just whip around, get all the Triforce pieces done. I think also because I've played enough Zelda that, or certainly Wind Waker, yeah. that I'm I'm pretty good with most of the bosses now. Like I can yeah. do, a f uh, there's a couple of them I can definitely do without taking any damage. Yeah, yeah. So I f there's less the feeling of, oh, I need to go and get like a bunch of heart containers. I don't yeah. I think we might have got one onto the second level. <laughs> yeah. Like, we we didn't really engage a lot with getting heart pieces. We didn't yeah. do um, the uh, longest jump on the Deku Leaf. Yeah. We didn't do uh, Splishkaboom. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that didn't feel... Necessary. Necessary. And it's all stuff that I enjoy when I do it in playthroughs mm. of this game, but... It's a very it's a very forgiving Zelda game to just mainline through. Mm -hmm. And like 
it, yeah, it, I always feel like there's going to be a couple more dungeons than there is, and I know there isn't, but mm-hmm. pacing-wise it feels like there should be a couple more. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's 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 so much fun. Um, like, I don't really know what else you could do to streamline that any better. Not really. It's 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 a good version of that game. It's a good version of that game. It's as playable as it can be. Like, it might be fun to go through and do it again and make sure you do all the eye reefs and yeah, everything. Yeah. Like, we we got a bunch of treasure charts and I don't think we like went out of our way to look for any of them. Not really. <laughs> we didn't finish the... We only got, like, six of the octos, I think. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I could see I... myself coming back and playing this again and be doing that perfectionist playthrough I used to do, but... I don't remember. I don't think I've ever done a perfectionist playthrough. I've certainly never played oh. the um, Nintendo music. I've done so. It's uh, yeah. it's quite a thing. <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, I played and you played, so I suppose we played uh, some Resident Evil Eight. Uh, uh, this is one that like I I played a good chunk of, and then you played a little bit of it at the weekend. I sort of watched along. Um, Heads up, if you're someone with motion sickness in first-person games, Resident Evil 8 has been setting it off real bad for me. Um, well, the heads keep bobbing yeah. and they don't stop bobbing and they don't stop. So, yeah, there's, like, a setting that turns off something called head wobble. It's unclear if that's head bob or not. Um, there's a lot of times where your character will be grabbed and shaken around by enemies, which will still shake your first-person perspective around. Your gun and the hand you're holding it in are visible in frame and they sort of bounce around the screen in a way that is a big motion sickness trigger and there's no field of view sliders with a very narrow field of view. Um, I've been having to play it in like, if I'm lucky, maybe like 90 minute bursts. Um, When I'm unlucky, maybe 40 minutes and I'm like, no, I've got to have a lie down. Um, That all said, I really like this game. I've been really enjoying it. Um, I've enjoyed what I've seen of it. Yeah, I I have been very much enjoying the... Um, I like that tonally it feels a lot more like something like Resident Evil 4 mm. in terms of the return to here's a mysterious, nebulously European village with a big spooky castle environment full of big opulent design, mm-hmm. all of the enemies being very over-the-top campy B-movie. <laughs> uh, ve- yeah. They're just cheesy in the best kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, I have enjoyed uh, a lot of the, the world design and the combat. Um, uh, it's it's fun to shoot stuff in that game. Yeah. It's it's definitely one of the more action-y Resident Evils. It's definitely a bit more combat-focused than 7 was. But it's 4 combat-focused as yeah. opposed to 5 and 6 combat-focused. Yes, it's... You're never gonna. You're rarely going to be fighting more than a couple of things at once, and it's usually here is a thing that's going to be kind of hard to kill. Manage your resources and get it dead before it hurts you, mm. um, rather than I'm gunning down waves of zombies. You know. Yeah, and like from watching you play it, I think this might be one I m- might more enjoy, like an actual playthrough. Like I tried yeah. to play through seven, and it was just. I think something about it I was just finding like a bit. Exhausting? Yeah. It's like I'm enjoying this, but at the same time, like... Uh... Honestly, I've I've been enjoying 8 a lot more than 7 in that mm-hmm. regard. Uh, it's more what I like out of a good Resident Evil. Yeah. Um, like, 4 is, I think, my favourite Resident yeah. Evil. Yeah. This, this is, I think, as close as the series has been to returning to 4. 
and I think that's to its benefit. Um, yeah. Also, um, I don't think it's a spoiler necessarily to say that um, a lot of the marketing for this game was around like Lady Demetresque, the big tall vampire steppy lady, as if she was the, like the be-all end-all boss of the game. Now she's a fairly small part of the game. I like that the majority of of the game following that, just not in the marketing at all, which is really nice because it means that once you get a you know past the first maybe quarter of the game, it's suddenly like, I genuinely have no idea what to expect, and that's really cool. What's it gonna be? Yeah, I mean, I have a suspicion. There was a cutscene near the start where I saw three other very you look like you could be the boss of an area Ooh. characters and I'm excited to meet them because they're all very different in their own ways there was that scene at the beginning where Ethan's brought before um, yes. Miranda and yes. there's all the other characters in that room and one of them had the big high squeaky voice and was like oh my god it's the kid yeah. Baron or whatever he was from um, Yes, from Four. From four. <laughs> yes, in his sort of like tricorn hat. Yes. Yes, it reminded me of them too. Um yeah. but you've got that, you've got um Magneto Thor Cowboy. I don't yes. know how better to describe yeah, no, him. No, you are yeah. No, yeah. Magneto Thor Cowboy. Um you've got tiny little living doll, you've got massive flesh, and then eight winged angel. And I'm like you all seem like you're going to be fun to me. Yeah, and like I've enjoyed the fact that like there's been a few times when we've we've like done a section and then you've gone and done like a a couple of hours in an area like you went into Castle Demetrask yeah. and then sort of like looped back into the village and yeah. was like, "Oh, more's opened up in the village." Yeah. And like the duke's given us a map with a bunch of stuff on it. Also, can I just say I love the duke as a character. Um I was really nervous when he first showed up in trailers and I was like, ah. Oh god, oh, I you're just going oh, to do a ha ha, the fat man. Ah, the fat man. The merchant is a fat man. Um, they've actually, they've made no jokes about his size. Um, you know, the closest there is to to a, to a something as expenses, his clothes don't fit because they're too small because he's fat. Um, I mean, not only is he, is like, he, he like, fat... He's huge, like Demetresk yeah. huge, so it's yes. understandable that you have trouble finding off the rack shit for Exactly, that. <laughs> exactly. But, like, he's not only, like, a lovely, welcoming, helpful, pleasant person... I'm, that's, like, I'm confused about, like, how he fits into the world. Yeah, though. I'm fascinated by his role in the world, but, but like, he's... He's like I was. I was bracing for him to be portrayed as greedy. That's what I was bracing mm. for. Is I'm like ah, very big character. He's gonna be greedy. He's gonna swindle you out of stuff. And I was like, no, he's, he seems to he's, offer a fair price for things. He offers a fair price for things, and he's just a very lovely person who seems to be trying to help. Yeah, and is very. He's, he's a good. I'm very curious about his part in the yeah. world because like he. Like at one point he's got like a, a little shop set up in the car. I think at the first time you meet him, he's got a shop set up in the castle. Like, and and, and they're okay with this. They're not trying to yeah. eat you. Yeah. Are you Switzerland in this world? <laughs> what the fuck? It's <laughs> it's interesting. I'm curious about it. Here's the thing. Again, this goes to the Resident Evil Four comparisons. Um, if you're gonna have, if you're gonna go back to Resident Evil Four's having the merchant that sells and upgrades stuff. It's a lot to live up to the Resident Evil 4 merchant, but I think they've done a good job here of making him... 
enjoyable in a very different way without feeling like they're trying to retread Here's the RE4 merchant again. Well, I think the thing, the difference with the Duke over um, the, yeah. the the merchant from 4 is the fact that, like, he's got a whole personality. Yeah, he's he's an actual character. He's giving advice. He's sort of going, like, sometimes explains little bits of plot. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. He, I'm curious you how you know this and yeah. how you're here. And Yeah, I'm curious how, you're, how all this works, but thank you for pointing me where I needed to go and telling me what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to get further through this. Mm. I'm really I'm really digging it. Yeah. It's, it's real neat. Mm. Uh, what about you? What have you played this week? Uh, we played an board game <gasps> of sorts. We played uh, we played um, Exit, uh, an escape room in a box. Uh, the um, one we played was uh, the Gate Between Worlds. Indeed. So you get a box. It is a single-use board game. Uh, uh, you get uh, some cards that will explain um, the areas you're in. And like just like you, uh, they're all numbered. So at some point you will get given instructions. You'll find clues that will lead to numbers, and some of those numbers will have the right answer on the back, and some of those will lead you to yet another question, like, oh, you found one of these. Cool. Have you found the right one? Let's ask something else. Okay, now we know you've definitely got the right answer, Mm. therefore you get to proceed. Yeah, so I really like the way that this handles progression, which is that, like, it, the, the narrative of this is... You're, you found a like you basically found a stargate. You're hopping between worlds, mm-hmm. and it, the the stargate prop is a decoder ring, and basically you line up what you think the answer is. That might be some colours or some numbers, and you line them up with a symbol, and you get a number, and you check this deck of cards, and basically to make sure that you haven't accidentally got the right answer the wrong way, um, you'll sometimes get directed to cards that are like. Aha! This might this is a solution card, but what puzzle were you trying to solve that brought you to this card? Mm-hmm. Go to this card instead. To be like, you, you can't just get the right number, you have to get the right number from the right starting place. Yeah, it's basically like a, a fail-safe for, for getting the answers. Yeah, and I think it worked really well. It did, because certainly there was one point when we found one of those cards and we're like, Cool, we've definitely got out of here. Um, okay, this is the thing symbol we're looking for. Find it on there. We found it and it was like, oh, no, we haven't quite got the right answer. Yeah. Um, and you, you mentioned at the start that this is a, a slightly destructible uh, escape room in a box. Yeah, this yes, is not a play. Use. This is definitely not a play and pass. Um, mm. There are elements that you will need to... Scissors for? You will need scissors. You will need to actively destroy elements of this game. Yeah, cut things, at fold times. things. Um... There's, there's something else as well. That thing at the end that I think is very clever. Yeah. Um, yeah. It. I. I really enjoyed this in spite of its wildly fluctuating difficulty. Yes, because there were there was like some. Okay, there was the first world where we were like, "Oh, uh, I don't really understand what this game wants of me just yet." Yeah. It. It needed to, I think this game needed to have a very simple opening puzzle to get you used to. This is how the the, the slightly overcomplicated mechanics of the deck and the wheel and this and that work. It needed yeah. like a practice puzzle to go, you've understood how the wheel works mm-hmm. and how to do a puzzle solution. Yeah. Before it jumped right into, here's kind of a complicated first puzzle. 
Yeah, because the the game starts with okay, make three piles. One will have one card in it. Yeah. One will have be like half the deck. One will be the other half of the deck. Then you'll have some rubber bands, a sheet of props that you will get to use later. Put them yeah. to the side. Don't touch them. Don't look at them too hard. Um, here is a set of fold-out posters that are, I think, they're they're just under A4, I think. Yeah. Um, and this weird decoder ring thing that you have to build a little stand for, and you have to put the stand on very precisely. Yes. And you will find out why. Yeah, there are some reasons for that. Um, I'll I'll say this. I think there are a couple of points where this game's own instructions work against it and made it difficult for us to solve certain puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this is a fairly spoiler-light thing to say, um, that the game keeps insisting on you don't, 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 don't look, don't look at the stuff that we haven't told you to yet, don't look too hard at it. And we took that to mean don't look at it at all until you're told. Um, there was at least one puzzle that was like, Hey, you need to pay attention to an element of the thing of those things that you're not meant to look at too closely yet. I mean, the main element of that was just the setup. It's like, okay, you've set it up. There you go. Start the timer and go. Because you can either download the app and start a very specific timer. Yeah. It comes with a like a, an inbuilt video teaching you yeah, the, the entire track and stuff. It's basically a overly dramatic soundtrack <laughs> and a stopwatch. Yeah. Um. But, like, the initial setup is just like, okay, there it is. Start solving. Yeah. Once you get through that first puzzle and you understand how the core mechanics work, it flows a lot better. Yeah. I mean, it helps that if you've followed the instructions in the manual to the rule, to the letter, as soon as you have got a thing, you can look at the related thing. Yes. Um... But I really liked some of the puzzle solutions that were involved. I thought that some of them were very, very cleverly uh, put together. Um, You know, there's... The difficulty curve's a bit weird in that, like, it's front-loaded with some very difficult puzzles and then there's one that's like, here's here's basically just turn the thing around until you fix it. Well, it didn't help that there was, like, only one place on that entire board that... Maybe. Met the criteria yeah. of the, the riddle. You you go from, like, very tough lateral thinking to, here's a bunch of... Here's a bunch of things. Try it on each of them, and you'll find the answer. I mean, you can literally just try it on all of them, and it won't take you very long. Yeah. Or you can just look at the layout of the thing and go, well, that's not going to take yeah. Um, But, like, there were lots of moments in this where, like, upon realising a puzzle solution... I felt very smart. Mm-hmm. There was there was a lot of moments of oh, I've spotted one detail and it's all coming together and mm-hmm. I suddenly understand what's mm-hmm. happening. Um, there was also like a, at least a couple of um, like red herrings in there. Yeah, there, there was like a whole bit of text that where I was like, oh my god, at some point we're gonna have to translate this. Oh my god, it looks so complicated. Oh. Yes, yes. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> yeah. There's and there's things that are like, oh, that looks very important. That looks like I could click on it in a point-and-click adventure game. <laughs> and, like, maybe it is, but maybe it isn't right now. And there's a lot yeah. of, like, I'm trying to use this as part of the puzzle solution now when it's going to come back later. Mm-hmm. Um, But, like, once you get into the flow of what this game wants from you, it 
was really satisfying. Yeah. Uh, we should add this is difficulty level three of six, I think. Yeah. I heard from a friend after I posted about us playing it on Facebook that, um, yeah, so some of the harder ones are just ridiculous. I wouldn't want to go much tougher than this. This was about where I wanted to be. I mean, it took us three hours. Yeah, for a one to two hour estimate, it took us about three hours. It, it didn't help that we started playing quite late in the evening and we do not have a proper overhead light in our living room. Also, I was sleepy and poorly. Also, you were sleepy and poorly. <laughs> Which is not helping my logical deduction skills. It was not. But, like, the fact that we were sitting there with... Um, mobile phone torches pointed at components. Yes, because it was the only we way needed we needed to could see the colours of the correct colour of things. Yeah, we we had some things working against us. Yeah, but, um... it's it's. It, I feel like that's more of a sit down at noon rather than a sit down yeah. in the evening and have a play. That that said, I would I'd I'd play another of these boxes by this company. Uh, yeah, I would definitely play it. So that's um the exit series by Cosmos, but there's also the unlock series. Which yeah. are like packs of three mostly in the UK. They do them in singles in America, but they're non-destructible, so you can play Yes. And then we've got the the one we the, the Leopold puzzle that we got in um the Zatu box this month. Yes. Which is part of a three part story, and I believe that isn't destructible. Yes. That's just a deck of cards that you build your escape room out of. And um, I think you said there was like 30 activations. Yeah, it seems like it's going to have some kind of like mobile app component and it comes with 30 uses of the code. So you can play and pass it a reasonable degree. Hopefully, yeah. It seems. um, Yeah, I mean, we'll probably bust that one out at some point and have a playthrough. Yeah. yeah. Escape room in a box. Fun. Uh, I would probably, I've like, I've heard a lot of people say that unlock is definitely better. As as fun as Exit was, and like especially certain puzzles that you had to destroy, I still would... And the fact that they can say it's as recyclable as they like. The fact that it's basically done and dusted now... Yes. ...does still make me I, go... Ooh. Yes. Having received it in the Zatu box, I had fun with it, mm-hmm. but, you know... There are probably equally fun, equally challenging, equally story-based uh, escape room in a boxes mm-hmm. that can be played and passed. Yeah, not not one I would have bought myself, but I had a lot of fun with it. And if you're maybe looking for a a stocking filler for a board game nerd, because board games are expensive. Yeah, you can't be like, oh yeah, I heard you wanted scythe. I'll buy you that for Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, but like, if you yeah, if you want like a birthday present or something, and and you you think that's manageable, you could do worse than an escape room in a box. Yeah. And uh, what about you? Have you played anything else? I think everything I've played this week. I will. I will have a quick look through the list yeah. to make sure I haven't got anything well, else. While you're checking, I played more Pokemon Snap. It's still adorable. <sighs> like that's that's my whole thoughts on that. Continues to be great. You played oh, it? No, that's it. No, that's it. That's it. Well then, time for this. Right then, right then, if we can all settle down, settle down. Right. So. Big, uh, big election wins this week. Yes, well, well, yes, done, yes. well done, well done, Back pockets, back pockets, back pockets. Right, uh, apart from cracking down on voting, we've got a few ideas about how we can make it look like we're doing something for uh, the uh, the minority types, the, oh, uh, the yes. old LGBTQ. Oh, yeah, the alphabet ones. The yes. alphabet super quilt bag, or the bloody hell they're calling themselves these days. <laughs> I you know, call myself a bloody toaster. <laughs> one choke, one choke, one choke. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what can we do to make it look like we're doing something, but uh, not really? Well, I mean, obviously, we don't want to upset uh, the chairs well, or whatever. We, I think, I think we should really be um, pulling out a trick we've had in our back pocket and has worked very well for us before. Oh, oh the uh, consultation. Oh, consultation. Yes, do you, you think they'll fall for that again? Well, I don't think they'll have much choice but to fall through it again, because it went so well last time. We go, hey, we're going to fix the thing you want fixed, but we'll do a consultation <laughs> first, you know. Yeah, and every time we will just ignore it until we either get the answer we want, or we just say, well, oh, uh, we need to, well... Thank you for your feedback on that consultation. We accept that. Uh, you've, you've, you've made some very valid points. We're going to need to consult on that. Ah, exactly. Or worse comes to the worst, we just kick the can down the road until whoever comes in to replace us eventually. It becomes their problem. It's like, oh, the consultation? Oh, that's for you, you to fix now. Well, I mean, you say that, but I have been thinking about making myself Prime Minister for life. I mean, that sounds like a lot of work when you could just retire and get a very fat state pension pretty early. Well, that's the point. You could just call a snap general election. I mean, I do keep complaining that I don't make enough money off of it. Well, exactly, exactly. So just set the consultation running and then scarper off out the door. Ah, backhander, backhander. And a pair of sentient dungarees. More on that later. And coming up, we have a story about scientists who've developed special pocket dimensions. Oh! Yes, apparently they are going to be issued to everyone uh, to help solve the housing crisis. I mean, without the scarcity of physical space, you know, that does seem like a solution to, to poverty and housing crisis. Well, apparently also they were managed to just be able, they were just able to duplicate them. <gasps> so just a standard basic house and no, then you just hand yeah. that out to someone. No scarcity of economy. The, the house exactly. as many as you need. Everything you need right there. Apparently, as a side effect of the design, it's got its own running water. What a wonderful, what a wonderful step forward for society. I'm sure that everyone will celebrate this for the victory that it is. Uh, except we'll be going over to Aaron Soupmasher now, who is apparently speaking to a group of rampant landlords who are claiming they believe the pocket dimensions are untested and may cause side effects. Yes, 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 yes. I, I've been hearing all these people saying, oh, we don't need to pay rent on our physical homes. We'll just use one of these newfangled pocket thingies. But uh, have we had any long-term long -term studies into the, the health, health risks of them? They've only just been invented. What if a hundred years from now they cause your bones to turn to, to dust? What about that? Shouldn't risk it. It's not safe. It's dangerous. And, and you, you have proof of that yourself, do you? Well, I mean, you. Uh, there's no proof that it won't be bad. Therefore, you should uh, shouldn't take a risk. You should you should continue the time honored tradition of um, renting safe, affordable properties from landlords. Safe, affordable properties. Now, now I understand that you recently had a uh, a whole problem with black mold at a number of your properties in South London. Family mould is like bread. You just scrape it off and it'll be fine. Right. Back to the studio. So, <gasps> what have you put in your eyes? Uh, we watched a couple of films together do, this week. Do, 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 do. 
dum, 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 do, do you want do you want to start with one in particular? We you? watched Mortal Kombat. We watched the new Mortal Kombat film. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It was a bit cheesy and campy, but, but that's was... exactly what I wanted. It was fun. Um, it had just the right level of hey, said the thing. Yes, yeah, hey, they said the thing. Just the right level of okay. That's nonsense. That doesn't fucking make sense. But it's cool, so I'll allow it. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's almost eighties action movie esque. Yeah, yeah. Um, I felt like the narrative was about enough to be to justify existing. Yeah, they've it's, set it up for a sequel. So yeah, who they, knows? We they might get to see more characters. They certainly have. Um, yeah, I I thought that the 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 fight scenes, while very jump cut heavy were, like, pretty well done. They had nice animations for the, you know, your Mortal Kombat finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty alright. Yeah, it's, it's a fun, goofy spectacle. Don't expect any of the fight scenes to be anything less than a flick book of, of very <laughs> short shots. Yeah, but, like, if you're here for just some some some... Real, real Ridiculous low, low camping. brain requirement action movie yeah. video game violent nonsense. Yeah. This is far from the worst Mortal Kombat film. Also, as somebody who hasn't played a Mortal Kombat game since four, yeah, like you, 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 you'll be all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not relying too much on characters from. The last couple of years that you won't know. I, th- I think there was one in there I didn't recognise that I suspect is from one of the later games. Probably. <laughs> but like, I was like, ah, I, that's fine. There was enough of the stuff that you remember to be like, I know that. Fucking Cabal was in there. Yeah. I had to deal with Cabal having an off-screen death in fucking Mortal Kombat <laughs> Annihilation. And I went to see that at the cinema. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I watched anything oh, else. We watched another film together. Um, we watched tapioca. We watched, <laughs> we watched <laughs> the Mitchells versus the Machines, Yay. Uh, which is a new CGI animated film from the studio that did um, Spider Man: Enter the Spider Verse. Yeah. Uh, this is a gorgeously animated film. Mm-hmm. Um, very fast pacing to yes. its whole. Uh, sort of comedy setup. Um, mm-hmm. It is basically about a dysfunctional family um, going on a road trip, and then the robot apocalypse happens, and they're the only humans left to try and save the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like the prota- I like the I would say the prot- the main protagonist, our sort of young female, mm-hmm. just getting ready to go off to university yep. uh, student. I think. The main characters are very clearly her and her, basically, film student. I think the whole family, like, are, yeah. are pretty main in that. Obviously, you mostly follow, yeah, like her because it's 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 yeah, it, it yeah. is largely her story. It's, but the family yeah. are so closely related That's... to that, and and it is like family in a bottle. It is. I I think there is a certain degree of film student daughter and not very understanding. Um, Lumberjack, man's man father, clashing heads, I think, is the core of the conflict, because both the other family members, while fascinating and really well fleshed out and very well characterised, I think largely serve to support the main conflict, I think is fair to say. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, it's basically take family that aren't get that are already not getting on well together, put them in a cramped, stressful scenario, and do very fast-paced comedy with it. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of laughs with this film. Mm-hmm. It hit the hit the nail on the head in yeah, terms of we laughed, we cried. Yeah, it 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 did feelings. Um, so many feelings. Yeah, yeah. Um. I will say, I've been thinking about it since we watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had one complaint about it, it would be that with a little bit of space from having finished watching it, I I feel like the film makes a, mm, leans a little bit too heavily on both sides are equally wrong in disagreement between parent and child. And I think there is a certain degree of... Mm, I think I think maybe one of them was a little more in the wrong than the other, but see, I've done the ADHD thing of already forgetting a lot of the elements of it. Yeah, um, like I was like, film do colors. I like colors. It yeah. was fun and That's... and deregulate tapioca. Deregulate um, tapioca. <laughs> I found that video on YouTube and watched it like on repeat. <laughs> um, but like the the I I. I can understand, because I've heard people going, yeah, but they're making it very much a case of, well, both parties need to, you know, come the same distance. Yeah, I I, I, I see that, I see, I I see that the movie did that, didn't spot that at the time. That's the thing. I didn't think about it at the time. And it certainly didn't ruin the the film for me. And when I say it's my only complaint, it is... I don't think anything about the movie suggested that it was saying that they had to come together. Like, I think that... I, I don't know, maybe I've watched enough other similar I, movies yeah. where the point was, wasn't was to come together. It is the thing. I, it's not that I thought that it was saying they had to come together and that they both had to make an evil effort. It felt... In in the moment, I, it didn't get, bother me, but thinking about it afterwards, there was a little bit of... One of these things carries a lot more weight and one of the... Like, I'm just going to say, I think the dad had age and maturity on his side and should probably have been more emotionally mature and realised he had a little bit more responsibility to realise his role in what was going on mm-hmm. than teenager who doesn't feel supported and therefore does some kind of shitty stuff um, yeah. as as a teenage response to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, that's a very minor critique of what I thought was overall a very amusing, very well put together, very funny and heartfelt film. A fun, heartfelt adventure. Um, I definitely cried. Definitely cried a lot. Linda is the best character, also. Yeah. The lavender one. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Also, we said this while we were watching it. Um, For a film that clearly tries to acknowledge a certain kind of internet humour, it manages to do so without like trying to reference specific current memes in a way that's going to date it. Yeah, like with one exception, like everything was made specifically for the film. Yes. Um, like I kept thinking about comparing it to Ralph Saves the Internet, the, the Wreck-It Ralph sequel, mm-hmm. which um, very much insisted on being like, his character we put them in the screaming goat video. We put them in the in the, the in the Harlem Shake. It's like the, this creates its own original content that feels very a certain era of internet without being that, which I think 
Yeah. I think it's to its credit. I think it helps it a lot. Yeah, I yeah, I think it we it will stand the test of time a lot better. Yeah. Than Wreck It Ralph, like because I think as long as you understand that internet culture exists and there is always going to be that surreal sense of I did a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I I think deregulate tapioca will hold up very well. I love deregulate tapioca. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's on Netflix now and I struggle to think of reasons not to recommend this film. It's superb. It's great. Yeah, it's just a really good film. Yeah, it's a fun romp. Yeah, um, very, very well-paced fun romp with a good, like, the right level of his emotions. Don't worry, we got back to comedy. It's fine. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good fun family story. Yeah. Um, what about... I expect to see more. What about you? What have you been watching? As I've been watching, I've been watching lots and lots and lots and lots of videos of people making small things out of recycled objects. Because apparently that is a thing I do now. I just really love watching people build t- yeah. tiny um, uh, dioramas. dioramas. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, so we watched the Studs and Studios videos of uh, making a miniature museum. Uh, the miniature museum from Animal Crossing. And the uh, Nook's Cranny and the Able Sisters shop. Yeah. Uh, they, that's all by the same person. They've made some really beautiful uh, little dioramas that we've we've watched various... Oh, they also did the Breath of the Wild stable. Oh, yeah. That, that was fascinating, that mm-hmm. one. Apart from that, in other mini things, I've been watching yet more um, Brandon James Greer videos. Um, specifically the designing a tiny pixel art Game Boy tribute world. Oh, I saw that the one. Little, yeah, we watched that one together. It was the little um, world in like Game Boy world with lots of little Game Boy references yeah. and, and, and little Game Boy people. Um, yeah, and I think uh, yeah, cyberpunk pixel art scene. Watched if it, oh the uh, building a stick figure into a sprite where they used uh, Spider Man. Ooh. As an example, so they basically took a stick figure, turned it into Spider-Man in a bunch of like iconic Spider-Man poses, and then sort of like talked about how they could put it into like SNES era X-Men games, because basically it's sort of the same height and design and same colour palette. I was like, mm. that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, and also did some Rubik's Cube art. Uh, so basically using uh, just six colours. To yeah. build a world and being like, and because it's pixel art, you could technically shuffle enough Rubik's cubes to make this. Oh, that's like, that's cute. <laughs> uh, so yeah. What about you? Have you watched anything uh, else? That's it for me, really. Yeah. 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 No more trains. Well, no new trains. I mean, it's been watching the same train videos I've already been watching. I've not put any new train mm-hmm. videos in my rotation. It's just been the same ones again. So if you've got trains to recommend, I mean, I'll take in. I'll take any good train video recommendations. I I just keep watching the the, the Gan video at the moment. That th- that three hour long video about the Australian train. It's a good video. It's a good one, and it's a lengthy enough one that I can like not have to repeat it too many times. Mm-hmm. Well then. <gasps> Time for this. Laura, Laura, got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, have you heard of gamer products? 
Oh, like the 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 antiperspirant goo and yeah, the, the game of goo, the, the caffeine in all the things, the caffeine all the things, caffeine yeah. in the bacon, caffeinated socks, caffeine in the nuts, caffeinated shampoo. Uh, I mean, wait, the, caffeinated the, nuts? Yeah, are you not? Oh, a, yeah, oh, the, you mean the E.T. nuts rather than yeah, no, the, yeah, the E.T. nuts, <laughs> but like the chili crispy coating has caffeine in it. Oh, okay, I thought you meant some kind of testicular rum no, with, no. with caffeine in it. Or, or just here's the caffeine powder, just scoop it into your mouth. Yeah, the, the, isn't that the one with the bunny and you just like eyeball it? Yeah, you just you just <laughs> snort some caffeine powder. Yeah, just railing lines of caffeine. Yeah, gamer powder. products. Yeah, gamer products. Right? What if that? <laughs> But for elite movie buffs, <gasps> tell me more. Well, how about something like energy popcorn? <gasps> oh shit! Have you got like a a, a, a movie marathon you want to get through? You're gonna watch, you're gonna watch all of the Marvel movies in one go. I mean, I was gonna say the extended Lord of the Rings, but all of the Marvel movies is probably a longer. Uh, all of the commitment. Marvel movies back to back. Oh, that's special gonna be, editions. It's gonna be pretty hard to stay awake during that. Oh no, it's not. <gasps> Movie Buff Popcorn. Oh, goodness. Movie Buff Popcorn, it's caffeinated. It's also got a special ingredient. Gonna just really just dry up that bladder. Well, I mean... You are gonna be pissing sweat. I, I mean... But don't worry, you're not gonna be pissing. Well, see, here's the thing. If I'm getting my caffeine from my popcorn, I'm not even gonna need to drink excessive amounts of liquid, which will help with the not needing to pee thing. Oh, but that's the movie experience, right? Yeah, but, like, you know, I'll, I'll be drinking it to, to, to drink it, not to keep myself awake with the caffeine yep and as well as this very special brand of of, of movie buff popcorn there are movie buff clothing products as oh. well yeah so to deal with all the sweat that you'll be leaking as a result of the not peeing uh, there's special clothes that just uh, moisture sapping they oh, will wick that away I from see. the body oh. and, and that can just you know you're just like occasionally you'll just like twist out the the leg of a trouser or something oh. and, and that'll just Oh, and what do I see here on the press release? Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, moviegoer trousers with special butt padding for longest seating experiences. Yeah, it says here that there's like a little massage setting. Oh. So it stops your butt going completely numb. Oh, wonderful. Going to the movies will never be the same again once we can go back to the movies. Indeed, once you can go back to the movies. That's uh, leetmovieproducts.lol.net and enter the code QNPS167 <gasps> and you can get... 7% of your first tanker of popcorn. That's a lot of popcorn. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much they expect you to eat this in one go, but that looks like you could feed a small village with it. I mean, that should last for one MCU marathon, probably. Just about, yeah. Just about. Yeah. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi. Hi. So, uh, video games. Yeah. Going pretty well for us. Nice. We we, we, we we made that video game, the horror one, uh, where we accidentally oh, made it very, yeah. very horny. Yeah. With yeah. The, with the very tall lady that, that wants to hurt you. I mean, who would have thought that, you know, just you have a slightly wet dream one night and you, you bring your ideas to work and there it well, is. Well, exactly. So... I think we've learned a valuable lesson from this. Very My horny dreams will get us money. Well, exactly. And more than that, very specific niche horny is a moneymaker in the video game industry. Yeah. So I'm wondering what additional kinks can we work into our uh, our next video game? What kind of what kind of sexual stuff can we can we make into a, a, a 
playable main into a main character or antagonist next time. What if a 15-foot woman Ooh. with an even wider brimmed hat? I mean, look, I think we can get away with that maybe once, but we will eventually have to start doing other stuff than Torla Lady with Bigger Hat. Do we? I mean, maybe not. We keep trying it until they, you know, maybe get bored of it. Yeah, but like... we'll do like the whole, you know, we you remember when we had the action idea and we were like, Resident Evil 4, that works. So yeah. we'll do a fifth and a sixth and that's more and more action and then people didn't like that anymore. Exactly. May so by the time we get to the hundred foot woman with the hat. Well, see, here's the brim the size of Saturn's rings. See, here's the thing. I think, I think unlike the action stuff, uh, I think that one will actually work. I think, you know, we do 15 foot, we do 20 foot. We just jump up to a hundred foot so we can get all the people that like a, you know, huge giantess, you know, yeah. that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe we have a villain who's like a, uh, you know, a, a sculpted heart man, but also he inflates sometimes and maybe we'll eat you. Ooh. And I, I get like some, some inflation, some more in there. What? There's a bed that follows you and then you get trapped under the covers and all the air gets sucked out and you're all sort of slippery. And oh, oh, I see. I see. Um... Yeah, you've got a, a big hulking, you know, the uh, big, big powerful person who's a, f a furry. J j they're just a furry. Like a werewolf. No, that's like transforming into an animal. They're just a furry. They put on, they put on the, the, the costume. Right, right. So it's just someone like a mascot following you. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, right, ah, I'm right. big and scary and strong and I can hurt you. But also, I put on a, I put on a little head and now I'm a wolf. Also, yif yif. Yif yif. Yeah. Uh, we got any others? We got any others to finish up on? Yeah, what if uh, there is uh, someone, um, they've, they're very, very smooth, very sleek, but you can't really make out any of their features, and they follow you around and stick like a helmet on your head, and uh, it all goes dark. You can't see or hear or feel anything, and there's just the slow sound of uh, white noise in your ears. I see, I see. Just, I... Uh, oh, and that comes with like an... Uh, we do that in VR. <gasps> a new kind of VR. You'd like put the whole helmet over your head and sometimes there's the light on, sometimes you're hearing sound, but sometimes it all stops. And you're in the dark, you're on your own. There's nothing. And also the tall vampire lady's there. You sense that maybe she's there. <laughs> you are... Maybe she's gone shopping. <laughs> you are a fucking genius. I know. <laughs> What have you put in your ears? Ah, uh, this week. Uh, so I I started listening to a playlist of a specific variety of white noise I didn't realize I'd been missing during mm. lockdown. Um, so I saw someone tweeting today that they were watching a uh, live stream of some Eurovision rehearsals being sort of discussed by commentators from a press room because they were like. It's giving me the energy of being in a press room at a convention, which they hadn't had in a while. Hmm. And I turned it on and I was like, yeah, I don't care at all about what they're saying, but you're right. This is an energy that I've weirdly missed. Um, so I loaded up crowd noise, one hour white noise. Uh, it's just an hour of low level crowd muttering. chatter m muttering bubble, 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 uh, from bubble. a little bit of a distance. Um, oh. And... While I was doing my emails today, I just sat that going because I was like, I think like October or November of 2019 will have been the last time I went to a big convention 
where that was a thing. Maybe like January, February of 2020, uh, when I went and covered that game jam at a university. A little bit of that sort of noise chatter sound. But it's been a while since I've been doing the thing of working, tapping away at my keyboard while there's just the sort of the noise of a crowd somewhere in the distance. I didn't realise how much I'd kind of missed that. And it felt very nostalgic, so I worked to that sound today. Mm-hmm. What about you? What have you been listening to? Oh, oh, damn it! Has <laughs> it had, gone? I had it, and then it went. It came back though. Um, I <laughs> listened to a new track by uh, We Are Union. We Are the Union. Oh, I watched and listened to this. You did. Uh, Boys will be girls. Yeah, it's uh, well, it's Scar. Uh, it and is. it's got the trombone player uh, who is From... best known as um, Scar Tune Network. Yes. Um, yeah, and the video is, like, in a world where you are assigned male or female. Take your cup you... to the pipe and get given the coloured gender Blue juice goo. or pink juice. Yeah, blue juice or pink juice. And, and... Don't, don't swap juices. Or don't, don't mix don't, them. Oh, don't you dare. Oh, the machine gets very angry if you try and swap juice. Yeah, and the video sort of goes from, like, this... Almost like, um... A mental health facility that, like, yeah. everyone's wearing white, everyone's shuffling to get their their medication from the thing. To, uh, if you've ever seen it, the Jay Gars Band video for um, Freeze Frame, yeah. where they start off in white overalls and they're covered in paint by the end of it. Yeah. It, but what it's neon colours? It's a much more neon coloured equivalent of, I started thinking about, it was a Frank Iero music video, um, and I don't remember what the song was called. But it's they all start in white suits and it ends up being covered in lots of fake blood. Okay. Um, I was like, similar thing, but more neon and colourful, less uh, less it's vicious. Probably a much more up to date reference than the one I made. <laughs> oh, possibly. <laughs> I, I I'm annoyed. I'm going to find out in a second what that that song was. But uh, right. yeah, it's it's a good it's a good song and a good video. Yeah. Also, yeah, like I I enjoy a bit of scar and 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 that lot do 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 and good scar. Uh, also watched their video for uh, Morbid Obsessions, which yeah. is um, in in a in a world of kind of spooky people. The zombies aren't allowed in the the, the zombies aren't allowed in the pub <gasps> because the plague doctor says no, and and it's about the the zombies finding acceptance. Ooh. Well, that's what the music video is about. It's about morbid obsessions, um. otherwise. But um, yeah, it's a, a another really fun video. Um, and, and a really good scar track. Uh, the track I was thinking of by Frank Iero was called Joyriding. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fantastic video if you're okay with a lot of fake blood. Lad. It's, it's, it's fun. I like that track as well. It's a good track. Yay! Um, oh, I listened to a thing. Mm-hmm. I listened to The Adventure Zone Ether Sea Prologue. Um, so this is the new Adventure Zone season. Um... We've talked about the Adventure Zone before, Dungeons and Dragons or Tabletop Real Play uh, podcast. Neither of us really got on with uh, the most recent season graduation, but they've started a new story, new campaign. They've gone back to Griffin, who was the, the original DM, is DMing. Um, and they before they start this, this proper story, which is going to be done in, in Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition... They're doing a few episodes of a prologue game to do world building using a um, a tabletop one-shot called A Quiet Year, mm-hmm. which is about making maps and deciding the fate of a town or a settlement 
in the 12 months following an end of the world event. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically the way that they've used it for ethersy is that the, the basic concept is um, magic has a cost and people kept not paying that cost and it created magical pollution that basically ended up in the ocean and the ocean got pissed and started fucking up the land and everyone was suddenly like, oh shit, we gotta find somewhere else to live because the ocean's trying to fucking kill us. I mean, that's fair. Um, So it's basically them playing through a year of world building, trying to build some of the, the world building aspects of what was it like in the year between the end of the world is beginning and them settling in their new life somehow living under the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, a Quiet Year is a really interesting game in that it's basically you draw cards from a deck of cards that will dictate certain events that are basically... Um, it's very similar to the Adventure Zone, um, the Adventure Zone game in that it's very much about here is a prompt, how do you approach it? Mm. It's There are no dice rolls involved, there's no success or failure, it's what do you think is an interesting answer to this prompt you've been given? Mm-hmm. And basically using that to tell a story without any dice rolls um, mm-hmm. to, to shape a map out. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed a lot of the the world building stuff in this first episode. Mm-hmm. I will say the opening like two to three minutes where Griffin is doing a bit of a setting up what the world is monologue is very... I'm going to mention a lot of names of factions and places and stuff, and there's a lot of, like, I'm dropping lots of things at you at once. It calms down within the first couple of minutes. Um, Good. Which is, it, just be prepared for that. Don't feel like you have to remember it all when he does the monologue, because during the rest of the episode he will address things at a more reasonable pace. I I like a lot of the, the sort of um, Full Metal Alchemist-style cost to magic um narrative stuff of this season it seems really interesting uh there's a there's another bit of early world building i thought was really interesting which is it's a world in which basically the gods are a thing and they're all like hey let's all just agree to never fucking give the mortals magic because they cannot be trusted with it and they all agree to this and then one of the gods is like yeah but i really like being liked and I want to be their favourite god, because if they all worship me, that's good for me. I'm the most worshipped of them. Oh. Um, so this god decides to give humans magic, and that was a mistake. Oh, um, I mean, it goes very badly very quickly. Um, and yeah, I I like a lot of the I like a lot of the world building, I will say. This A Quiet Year is a map-making game, mm-hmm. as much as it is a law-making game. It is a game that will request you to make additions to a map while you are building out like the story of a year. If you have Aphantasia, you may well benefit from going on the Adventure Zone Twitter account when the episode go- has gone up, finding the map which they do upload, and having it on hand while you listen to go like, Okay, how does that relate to what they've said before? Oh, okay, it's there. Having visual references made this a lot more accessible, and I think that is just a fact of playing a very visual-heavy game as their world-building tool. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, I really enjoyed it. This first episode got me excited to listen to The Adventure Zone, which I haven't been in... (laughs) 
however long the last in approximately was thirty-eight weeks. Wow, is that it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I haven't, didn't care. I, yeah. I listened to like six episodes. I listened to at least four of them twice, and I yeah. just didn't care. I really didn't get on well with graduation, which is a shame. But Ether C has some cool world building, and it's it's nice having this as the start point for it because it's. It's allowing all four of the players, not just Griffin, to have a say in certain aspects of how the world is set up, mm -hmm. um, which has been really fun to see play out. And also, from like a storytelling perspective, or, or from a, like a, a DM pers perspective, to have that many prompts that you didn't have to come up with yourself yeah. to work from. Amazing, it's, yeah. Because like, while I'm I'm not one for insisting people like write pages and pages of backstory, like I've played D and D games with, yeah. or D DM'd D and D games where people didn't really want to write anything on their sheet at yes. all. It's like, oh, you know, I'll just flush it out. I'm 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 a tabaxi rogue. Cool. Are you are you from anywhere? Did you have a childhood? Any, you know, nemeses in the past? Anything I can maybe work into a future story that we can all tell together? Yeah. No, I just turned up with my dice. Yeah, <laughs> cool, cool. But that's, that's the thing. Like, uh, the impression I get from this listening to it is I think it's going to be really nice for Griffin as a DM to have... A lot of this doesn't need to be relevant in the rest of the story because it is a story of, like, the, the end year of a world that's going to end up under the sea. But it gives enough, like, these are things that can be part of the world that I could repurpose and make part of the story going forward. It's it's a lot of, let's collaborate on ideas that could be important. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, I'm excited about Adventures in it again. <laughs> Yay! Uh, did you listen to anything else this week? Well, I discovered that the SCP Archives is back for season three. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, so I listened to uh, the the first four episodes of that, which are a four part story of whatever happened to site thir or what happened to site thirteen, or SCP one seven three zero. Um, it's it's kind of a bit of a legend in the SCP uh, Foundation archives as one of the the bigger stories, one of the more dramatic ones. And um, they've done a really good job making it into a four-part, like, 40 minutes each drama. Uh, talking about, like, what the fuck is Site 13? Because, it... so basically the idea is that they ha were going to build an SCP Foundation location there. Then it kind of got scrapped because they found, like, a bigger, better area to do it somewhere else. But now all of a sudden they found there's this broken SCP Foundation area called Site-13 on that area and it's full of SCPs and also there's something really bad going on with these sort of leech things that just keep coming out of the wall and jumping down people's throats, eating them from the inside, piloting them around and mm. trying to go and get more things. Um, y y yeah, it's, ooh, it's quite a tale, um, and, and well told, so I, I'm also very glad, like, I didn't have to listen to it weekly, because <laughs> being able to just go, I'm gonna binge the whole thing was like, that was fucking cool! <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you're looking for four bits of interesting audio drama, 
um, in the SCP archive style, go for that. It's it's, it's a good yeah. fun story. Nice. Got any others? That's everything I've listened to this week. Only other thing I listened to was part six of the uh, Inexplicables, the Rusty Quill Patreon only uh, podcast. The final part that happened. How are you feeling now it's done? Just kind of the same way I did before. Uh, Good world, good world characters are insufferable. Good worlds. I care much more about the. the the creatures the the inexplicables themselves and the uh the world that they inhabit but not so much um at least one of the kids of yeah. the uh, of of the uh mum that set up the organization in the first place like the backstory around them is fascinating but like just the fact that um Harold I think is is his name is is the is the son um, like from the beginning, it's very clear that he's in trouble with the Financial Conduct Authority. Yeah, and that is just the most bullshit fucking setup for a, a, a podcast like story for a, a, a protagonist. Like that's not an everyman story. That's not. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, oh, it it might be an interesting take because we've never heard that before. But I don't want to hear about middle class twats. Who, you know, yeah. made a fuck up with some kind of investment banking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Not a relatable um, backstory for the protagonist to make you invested in their journey. Not at all. Um, but yeah, like, overall, it's it's an interesting story. I'm sorry. And it feels kind of weird that it's been held back behind the Patreon paywall. I don't know if they'll ever make it publicly available. But it, it seems a bit weird to make nearly six hours of audio drama and then, like, on, only a few people ever get to hear it. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me being weird about Patreon benefits. I mean, yes, but also I feel like there is a certain degree of their big, big, big project that everyone was invested in has just ended and that they probably very desperately want to have something that gets people just over that hump of... Don't unsubscribe the second that the Magnus Archives finishes. Maybe. I feel like there is a certain degree of, if we keep you on for one extra month, you you will probably stick around for whatever comes afterwards. Like, that's my gut instinct, and I understand the terror that comes with the prospect of stopping doing the thing that everyone knows you for. Mm. Well, I mean, it sounds like they've got themselves like a bunch of really good podcasts going forward. Because they're now starting the Rusty Quill Network. Mm. I don't know if you've read about this. Uh, I saw something about it. Yeah, so they put out an announcement. They're doing the Rusty Quill Network now. There's going to be like a bunch of like pre-existing podcasts they've managed to get into their their fold now. Yeah. Uh, I'll see if I can try it a little bit. Uh, yeah, so they've got like five new podcasts. Uh, the first five shows are uh, Cryptids, The Decker Tapes, how it ends, uh, the old gods of Appalachia and the storage papers. I heard Arachnovolt saying good things about the old gods of Appalachia. Mm. So I will um, yeah, probably give that a look out. But yeah, it sounds like there's going to be a whole network of stuff that Rusty Quill will be in charge of now, which is nice. I'm intrigued I to intrigued. see. Yeah, but like... I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were just trying to get people through that month and be like, but look, there's all this stuff now. Yeah, I... As someone that has 
is on Patreon and has that little bit of my brain that goes, yeah, but what if the biggest thing I do ever stops being a thing? Mm. And like, oh God, will Patreon support fall away? I can understand wanting to make something to be like, hey, hey, we could, we, hey, you want to stick around on Patreon? Here's, here's a reason to not go straight away. I, I, I feel like that's understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's everything I've listened to. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Everyone back from lunch. Yes, 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 yes. Good, good, good. Right. So um, we've uh, got to work out budgeting. Oh goodness, really? Yes, absolutely. We, we, um, you know how things have been a bit tight. Partly because we keep giving all the money to our friends. I mean, it's not even partly that. I think it's entirely that. Wink. Wink. Sorry, wink. Exactly, wink. It's not, I mean... No, most... Partly because we keep giving it to our No, it's not even partly, it's none that. None that. Wink. Wink. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) We're getting better at the lying thing. Yeah, yes. As long as we don't do it in front of the public, it's fine. Exactly, you didn't have to bloody do this here eating. (laughs) Stand around setting fire to money in front of poor people. (laughs) Anyway... I've recently heard about a lot of this new age bullshit that's going around. Oh, the um, the the, the homeopaths, the uh, mm. the diluted magic. Water Initially pipes. thought it was a vegetarian serial killer, but yeah, turns but... out, turns out, homeopathy is this thing where you give a very small amount and claim it gives loads of benefits. Oh yes, you pretend that like the one atom of a thing that maybe exists probably doesn't. Has the same power as if you did the whole thing. Exactly, exactly. I, uh, if if I understand correctly, so you just take a very small amount of the thing, water and, it down, and water it down, water it down, water down, down some more, water it down some more, water it down some more. Exactly. So NHS pay rises, homeopathic. Exactly. We'll give you a penny to share between the whole of all of you nurses. That is the same as a full pay rise for each of you. Exactly. You're all virtually millionaires now. What are you complaining about? Get back to work. Police numbers. Yes. People always complaining about police numbers. Homeopathic. Oh, yes. New policeman. Chuck him in a lake. That'll do. That'll do. That, that's, that, that'll cover all the East Midlands. What? <laughs> no, yes, yes, yes. Funding for the arts. They're always wittering on about that. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll look at a painting and say, good job, and that'll, that'll sort of ripple out the whole art industry. Yeah, some, some pinking shears in a puddle or something. Uh, yes, And, uh, of course, taxes for the wealthy. I mean, we've been practicing homeopathy with those for years. Exactly. Uh, now, one, one other thing I have been uh, mentioned about dealing with uh, just sort of general poverty... You remember I spent all that money on water cannons, what? Yes, yes, yes. Right, well, what I'm going to do, chuck an old hackney in there and just spray down, you know, London, the north of England, the, the you know, the, the poor bits. Oh, uh, sounds... Inner city kids. Yeah, how about you? That'll sounds be... sounds wonderful. To me. I will be manning that water cannon myself because it's bloody good fun when you get them in the face. Well, make sure to give me a turn as well. <laughs> God, I hate them.
questions, some, some questions. What's the questions? Uh, Math Tiger asks, hello, American here. Uh, how do you eat Marmite? I tried it and the flavour is so concentrated it seems like it's useless unless you dilute it down like bouillon. You don't, it's awful. <laughs> or, As, okay, um, as someone that, like, is the complete opposite end of the spectrum, um, first of all, for most people, you really don't need much of it at all. Um, I know that most people will dilute it by having uh, butter and then a thin layer of Marmite over it, because that slightly softens it. Um, my preferred pairing uh, in that regard is Marmite and peanut butter sandwiches, because you do a thin... In my case, a thick layer, but you know, a mm-hmm. thin layer of marmite on one slice of bread, some peanut butter on the other. That help peanut butter really helps to offset a lot of the edge of the sharpness of the flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, the the creaminess really helps. Um, but yeah, don't don't be afraid to use a lot less than you know to do a very thin layer. Um, and don't be afraid to do it with something creamy like like butter or margarine or spread or something. Homeopathic marmite. I mean, basically. <laughs> um, like, the only time I will really use it, like, I wouldn't spread it on a bagel or anything, but, um, like, but, um, like half a teaspoon in a spaghetti bolognese. Yeah, it's good as a, give this sort of like a... Give it a umame. Yeah, give it a nice umame. Yeah, a salty umame-ish flavour. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that, that's it. Honestly, that's the thing. You have it in a very thin, very di- or slightly diluted with something creamy flavour, and if you still don't like it, you are probably the percentage of the population that just will never like Marmite. Yeah, there's a reason there's a whole ad campaign in the you, UK for years, which is that you either love it or you hate it. It's a very polarising flavour. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anyone that's like is so into it that they'll eat it out of the jar with a spoon, but... Really? You, yeah. You've eaten it out of the jar with a spoon? Yeah. Like just yeah oh yeah oh oh like a big spoonful just a little spoonful just a little a little spoonful oh. I'm sorry don't it's okay judge. it's okay I'm not judging yeah. you you have what you enjoy but also <laughs> like that's just making my heart just go no so as, as you were saying you don't know anyone I was like oh no I'm dying inside <laughs> no, I, uh, I am the someone I am the someone <laughs> well. Apparently, I know someone who's not willing to be open about it most of the I, time. I mean, it's not that I'm not willing, it's just never come up in it's front of you. never slid sideways into the living room in a pair of socks with a spoon and a jar of... of uh, ma- a little mayo. No, but like, I, you know, you don't really use the marmite. It's no, not I like you're, you're often around when I'm like, you know... Oh. <laughs> Just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Mateo, uh, yes, Marmite, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, Basin asks, "What are you buying, stranger?" Um, I, I there's a, there's a video game coming out on Friday. I'm probably buying, and I can't remember what it is. No. Oh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Ooh. That's probably what I'm buying. An excuse to play the Masses Effect again. Yeah. Um, when when I'm done signing books and the the flat isn't full of books, um, I'm buying an electronic drum kit. That's that's what I'm buying. What am I buying? Nothing. I've got to pay my tax, and then I don't know what I'll have left over. Probably uh, saving for tax for next year. I I I got I got paid for book and therefore I can buy a couple of things for me. 
Also, what I would like more than anything I should right now is time. Yeah. Like, I have some cool things. I'd like to spend some yeah. time with them. Money for you right now equals a little bit less work, maybe, so that you have more time. Maybe, maybe, maybe. but like, it's not a case of... I, I can't really buy time off. No. Like, it's... The thing I really want to do most at the moment is make more music. The thing I recently bought to aid with that is I bought um, a Dictaphone. I guess yes. that is the thing I've bought, Stranger. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, that I mean, that's the thing I bought recently. I bought a really nice, um, like, ambient recorder. With like directional microphones, yeah. so I can go and do some ambient recordings. I've had some, like, there's been a few times when I've made lo-fi recently. It's like, oh, I could really use just like the sounds of rainfall or the sounds of, uh, like, just walking through the woodland. Just, yeah. just some nice ambient background for a three-minute track that I could put in. The sounds of footsteps walking along a path. Yeah. The sound of a cat purring. Oh yes, the sound of cat purring. Oh, she's going to get such a recording. She's going to get so papped. <laughs> um, yeah. So that 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 that's what I've bought. Uh, we have the same question again, yeah. so that's fine. <laughs> oh, oh no, I missed a question. <sighs> it was a past question. That's why I missed it, and I've just realised in the screenshot that I, I've got it. But would you rather be crab, <gasps> uh huh, or leaf sheep? Oh, what's leaf sheep? Yes, a little underwater yeah, leafy no, friend. No, no. They photosynthesize, and then they got little white faces in there. Oh, I like this this crab. This crab though, it's got blue on the top. It's a rainbowy it, crab. It, it me. It got it got blue on the top of its head. They're the gardeners and caretakers of the a tiny crab utopia. I would like to be the gardener and caretaker of a tiny crab utopia. Oh, you deserve a tiny crab utopia. I want that to be my job now. Is I'm just caretaker of a tiny crab utopia. Oh. I can see you and Nick's just scuttling together. Doing yeah! The scuts, scuts. <laughs> Adorable. Yeah. Adorable. So you're, you're going with that. You're yeah. going with crab. Okay, well, if, if, if both of you are going to be crab, I'll also be crab. Okay. <laughs> but I can, can we keep leaf sheep as, as pets? Yes, of course. Can we, can we herd leaf sheep? The leaf sheep can, can live in our tiny crab utopia. Tiny crab utopia. <laughs> la 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking about tiny crab utopia. <laughs> right. Enough of that silliness. Phoenix asks, time for this this silliness. Hi Phoenix, love, I love you. you. Favourite thing in a can. Favourite thing in a can. Oh, I don't know. Do you have a favourite thing in a can? I mean, I enjoy soup. Soup is good. Soup is good and comes in a in a can. I enjoy custard. Custard, custard indeed. Um, pineapple. See, my first thought was like, uh like fizzy drink cans and like bubble, bu fizzy bubble gum. Ooh, that's the thing that comes in a can. That is the thing that comes in a can. Oh, root beer. Fizzy bubble gum. Pie in a can. Maggie J. Evans asks a follow up question. Favourite can around a thing? Oh. Um. Once upon a time, I had one of those cans 
that was a money bank where it had like a little hole in the top, but the only way to get your money out was to can open it open. Conceptually, that was a great can around a thing. In practice, very quickly I took the money out the thing, and that was not a practical solution for me keeping money. Ah. But, conceptually, that's a cool idea for savings that I will never be the target market for. Hmm, I can't think of a cool can. I quite like the cans that, um, or the designs of the cans with the um, pumpkin filling in. Never eaten it. Yeah. I just look at them and go, Um, I would eat pumpkin pie, maybe. Several years ago at EGX, the game convention in the UK, they were giving out lots and lots of half-litre cans of of free energy drink. Um, I can't remember what the brand was, but I remember that it had, like, twist-open tops on metal drink cans so that you could close Um. it back up. So you can have your fizzy drink can, you can open it, drink it, and then close the top back up. That was a good bit of can design. I mean, they're awful for the environment, but those self-eating coffee cans. Oh, yeah. I think they're very cool, but they are awful for the environment. Oh, yeah, terrible also, for the environment, you don't get much coffee in them. Yeah, but conceptually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael asks... What would be the signature move of some of the characters you've created? Oh, oh. Um, signature move of some characters. Um, I think Barry and Larry would like off- offer a, a hug. Oh, but if it's going to be a finisher, like maybe it's a very tight hug. Aha. Mm. Um, I, I think no, maybe they hug each other, and the power of their love is. Oh, is it like a healing force... buff or something? No, or... I just mentioned the the power of their love just forces just bad. <gasps> you know what away. it is. It. Their f- their super move is the first hug after they're both fully vaccinated. Oh, that's going to be a. They super hug move. with so much force that it that's what blasts everyone back. <laughs> yep. Uh, sh- and I think that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, the sherry ladies, I think, is the. Um, I'm thinking of Naruto, where there's the drunken fighting style of Rock Lee. I think the sherry ladies they get they get so drunk that they 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 end up being able to very effectively. Drunkenly fight, maybe? Okay, like, like uh, drunken boxing style. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, see, I was going to go with the, um, the like, swigging from, like, a, a, one of those big old ceramic jugs of sherry, Ooh. but then breathing fire. Uh, yes, like um, the Namba in a Yakuza Like a Dragon. Kind of keep saying animes and things at me yeah. that I've not seen. That's <laughs> our character does that in Yakuza. That's the, the nurse, right? Uh, yes, the nurse. Oh. Nurse does that. Um, the electronic actor Softworks. Um, um, I mean, they they probably just send interns after you. <laughs> I I think they they they'd write a cease and desist, and you'd have to take damage because oh no, I'm not allowed to be in this anymore. They'd send the lawyers after you. Yeah. Like they'd they'd do this whole like the the final the, the, their final attack would just like the like all of the um power bars fall away the timer falls away it turns into like a Phoenix Wright style affair their lawyers just absolutely bash you with paperwork. I was I was gonna suggest they bury you in paperwork so initially you're moving more slowly on the battlefield until eventually you start taking damage because you are just literally drowning in paperwork. From the paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think of anyone else. 
think, um, I think those are the main ones. The, the, the small children that did the... Um, uh, uh, yeah, that's the small the, the, children. The I, yeah. I reckon they would probably get their, their teddy bears who are very projective to, to, to a big attack and do like, yeah. no, you will leave my tiny homie alone. Yeah, and they do very strong attacks to protect the, the very small humans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the stoners probably just blow this big ass cloud that's just like just like dazes oh, their opponents. They they do they they breathe out their cloud and something in the cloud attacks the enemy. You don't know what it is. You can have a conspiracy about what's in the cloud. Mm. No one knows for sure. It might be trees. <laughs> uh, a movie by M Night Shyamalan. Um. <laughs> I don't think of who else we've I, got. I think I think, I think, that's, I think that's most. Yeah, of them. I think that'll do. Mm-hmm. Larry Ellingenby asks, but of course, always. I did a whole book about them. But what do you think my answer is going to be? No, you know, but uh, I, I did. I you know I did write the book on. I mean, butts, they're so but, dumb. Uh, been there, done that. You know. It's it's all about it's all about it's all about big vampire lady feet right now. Things I learned from Lady Dimitrescu's toe cleavage. <laughs> <laughs> That's book two right there. Ah, <laughs> uh, things I learned from Lady Dimitrescu stepping on me. <laughs> I feel like I could get people to buy that book. I don't know what that book would be, but I think people would buy it. What about size shoe she wears? Oh, we we oh, I can't I'm, remember. I've no like, doubt we probably know. Yes, but... that is known information. Of course it is. Of course it is. Wood asks, what is a real or fictional theme park that you'd like to visit? Uh, real or fictional shoe size? Um, sorry. <laughs> no. No, not, not, not shoe size. <laughs> not shoe size. Not at all. <laughs> She's got 44 centimetre feet, apparently. 17.3 inch I feet. I don't know what size shoe that is. Um, I don't know what size shoe that is, but you know, you know what roughly six inches is. She's got triple that length for her feet. That's pretty big feet. Um... Yes, theme parks we would go to. Yes. Sorry, I got distracted by Lady Temperature's feet. <laughs> I'm learning more and more about my life on this day. <laughs> uh, I, 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 it's just that I can't read and say words at the same time, you see. Um, I don't know, is there a theme park you'd want to go to? I mean, I've never been to Alton Towers. Uh, Alton Towers has got some pretty fun rides. I've been able to go in there. I've been to Thought Park before. Thought Park was pretty fun. Probably can't go on most of them now, though. No, probably not. Mm. Um, probably pass out. Mm. Uh, I I don't know. I haven't really paid attention to ones that are not the two in the UK. There's three in the UK. What's Everyone th- forgets Chessington World of Adventures because it's mean... small and shit. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why I didn't include it. It's small and shit. It's the only one I've been to in the UK. Like, because it's the closest to where yeah. I grew up. Like, it used to be a whole thing that when I was working in McDonald's in Kingston, we had a friend who, like, lived, like, right near Kingston Town Centre. We would yeah. all go and crash around his house because his dad was the vicar, so he lived mm. in the vicarage. Huge house. Yes. Um, so we just crashed around there the night before, like fifteen of us. Trawl into McDonald's for like breakfast first thing in the morning. Because that's the only mm. time we ever got to eat McBreakfast. <laughs> Get on the bus all the way into 
uh, Chessington stand outside singing for an hour because we realised we completely fucked up the times with the hangover <laughs> finishing the last of our ill-gotten breakfast um, smoking a lot and, and then just making like the f- the first run of the day to um, Ramesses Revenge yeah. which I believe they closed recently probably so, I mean probably it must have been there a good yeah. 25 years maybe maybe um so, you know, the Disney Corporation is terrible and, and nonsense and bad, mm-hmm. but there is a little bit of me that, if money wasn't a thing, would love to do the Star Wars uh, theme park area there. Like, that 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 seems like a very well-made, like, just wander around inhabiting a place that is very deliberately designed to feel like a, like a different place. I'd be interested to go, but I'd want to go on a quiet day, and I don't think oh. they have quiet days. I mean, quiet days... Relatively do exist, but um, yeah, because like, look, it's way overpriced for what it is. Yeah. But like the the, the experience, yeah, there, right? the the thought of being able to do the thing of like you know, w- going and doing the build your own lightsaber thing, where you have to go to the person in the shop and be like, do you have any uh kyber crystals? And they hu- usher you into the back room, and that's where the lightsaber building experience is, and like. That kind of shit is like, okay, that's way overpressed what it is, but I do find it very cool. Mm-hmm. Aha. Although there are some very cool websites that will build you, like, battle-capable... Oh, I am aware. I am aware that those things are not worth the money for what they are, but again, it's the experience. Yeah, it's the... yeah like, I've, I've watched the um, Outside Xbox, Outside Extra video yes. when they went, they went and built lightsabers, and it was like, that looks... Um, yeah, that's the thing. I would never be able to financially justify doing it, but like, I would, I think about it and go, yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. I know, like, I think it would be a fun experience. I imagine I would get there and go, eh, Falcon's smaller than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but like, yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. Like, I've heard Bush Gardens is an amazing experience, yeah. but again, I think it's another one that I would be like, oh yeah, I can't can't really do yeah. that now. Oh, the Mario theme park. Maybe. I'm I'm intrigued by the Mario okay. theme park. I'm more curious about it. I like I haven't seen on a scale maybe because I've not really looked for it, I guess, but I've not seen on a scale of the the Star Wars thing. There is some I've seen some videos of some of the stuff. There's some very cool things in there. Oh, yeah. Um Perhaps the coolest, the uh, virtual reality Mario Kart ride. Okay. That involves AR goggles that you wear while you're on the ride and you're shooting at things while also being in the Mario Kart. Okay. Yeah, it's it seems interesting mm. from just like a multimedia perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, like I wouldn't mind, like I quite like if... Money was no object, and although I could definitely spend that money in better places if money was no object, um, like it would be fun to go and, and visit Disney again. I went when I was like fourteen, I... and I imagine that a lot has changed. Like, but doing like the whole um, Universal Florida yeah. and going doing Universal MGM. So yeah, I did all of that when Disney? I was maybe eight or nine. Yeah, um, I remember little bits of it, mm-hmm. and there is a bit of me that's like. It, it's such a waste of money, but like it would be nice to do that again. Uh, also, like Kissimmee was a really nice area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
I remember it very fondly, and there's a bit of me that would like to do it as an adult and, you know, actually form memories of it. Yeah, I think that's the other thing. Like, I, I say it was a really nice area. We we had, a like, a really nice place that we stayed because we rented an apartment because apparently it was cheaper than a hotel. And um, we had, like, a tiny pool in the back. Uh... And we... That obviously you could go in at pretty much any time of day. There's like a two-hour window. They're like, don't go in. It auto cleans. Um, there was like, don't go out like out the back because we sometimes get gators in like <laughs> like the communal bit of pond out the back. Mm. Um, but apart from that, all I really remember about it is it was very like spread out, open. Like you couldn't walk anywhere. Yes. Uh, drive through bank. Drive through off license. <laughs> which. Uh, just seemed pretty wild to me. Yeah. Um, there was a red lobster, uh, which I think we went in once. Don't remember what that was like. We went to Friendly for breakfast every day, I, I and remember, I ate a lot of pancakes. I remember getting donuts for breakfast. Oh. I remember donuts for breakfast, and I remember like a handful of rides from being at Disney. I remember the um, the Aerosmith ride. There's an Aerosmith ride. There's an Aerosmith ride. And <laughs> um, so. Uh, you were eight, yeah? Yeah. So I think it was what, called 99? the... Uh, yeah, 99, I think okay, it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was the, five years the, the Aerosmith Rock and Roller Coaster, I believe Amazing. it was called. Uh, I remember Space Mountain. Yeah, I remember, I remember the Mountain. Tower of Terror. Wasn't allowed to go on that. No? Nope. I remember the Tower of Terror. Uh, both my parents were like, we're not fucking going on it. So I went on it by myself. Nice. Um... I got given one of the expensive ride photos for free because yeah. um, one of the attendant people was like, are you, are, you, are you on this by yourself? I was like, yeah, my parents are too scared to come on. So they they, they, they gave me a ride photo. Aww. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was brave. I yeah, did it. You did it brave. <laughs> I did it brave. Yeah. Um, and that's almost my entire memory of Disney. <laughs> um, I remember... I think it's World of Tomorrow at Epcot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, there's, like, one bit in that where there's a basically an optical illusion, so you're on the little cart just going through yeah. this tunnel, and then there, there's, like, spinning <gasps> oh, laser yes, around it, so yes. it feels like you're twil- tisted, twil- t- tilting, but you're not. Yes, I... Re- I went on that, like, three times just for that whole way. Now that you've mentioned it, I remember this. Yeah, the, the twisty hallway. Also, amazing, because there's no fucking queue for any any part of that. Yes! <laughs> and I was like, these weird 1920s dioramas of what they thought like the future was going to look like. And I love all that shit. <laughs> that shit's fascinating. Yeah. Um, and just the fact that it's, it's still... Like, yeah, it's not very popular, but we've kept it. I mean, it's, it's a fascinating time capsule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably wouldn't do the water parks. Uh, yeah, I main ma- mainly at this age because like fuck being a trans person in Florida. At I a mean, water park. I mean, yeah. That being said, side note: there is a water slide park in Bournemouth that I keep reminiscing about at the moment. Yeah. Being like, there's a bit of me that's like, I could go for a couple of hours of just being on water slides. Yeah, you know. Huh? Yeah, maybe it's, there's a little indoor water slide park that I just remember very fondly. I've not been to a, I've not been to water slide park since they sh- like in the UK since they shut down Water Palace in Pearly Way, and I think that was like twenty five years ago. Yeah, I I remember like three things from it. I remember their very steep, ooh, very steep slide. 
I remember sit in the inflatable rings and float down the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, you know, some drops and stuff. And the one that's basically the... You know those things you put the 2P in and it rolls around yeah. and eventually falls in the bottom? That but a water slide. Wow. You, you spin around the bowl and eventually okay. fall into a big tank of water. That's amazing. I remember those three pretty fondly. I remember there was a purple one. There was uh, like a yellow one that was like much more chill. And yeah. I remember that they had golden axe and firefight in the in the uh, in the front. <laughs> I think they might have also had a, a, a splatter house briefly. Uh, well, maybe post pandemic we'll do some water slides, what maybe, but not in Florida. No. So that was a lengthy answer to that question. <laughs> theme parks. Theme parks. Theme parks. Yeah, those are the theme parks we'd like to go to. Those are all the questions. <gasps> well then, time for this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How you doing? Uh, a bit better now. I uh, had my first uh, jab the other day. I so saw, I saw. A bit, bit closer to that, uh, oh, that hug. I saw it already uh, knocked you on your ass a bit. Absolutely knocked me on my ass, mate. I uh, I had the shivers so bad I managed to put me back out. It was um, not I think. But you no, come out the other side. Yeah. Came out the other side, you know, in you know less than twelve hours. So, you know, all for, and, and all for the for the greater good, really. You know, and I, exactly. I'm looking forward to my second jab, so we can. Oh, oh, oh I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting on that first, but I hope it won't be too long behind you. Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like you might be getting yours a bit closer together potentially. Yeah, yeah. Not, not a certainty, but it seems like I might be getting mine a little closer together. Might be trial, doing a trial for one that's coming up, which might, nice, you know, nice. speed me up a little. Everything crossed for you, mate. I know. I'm, I'm hoping that means, you know, maybe in the next uh, month to six weeks, I might be fully vaccinated if all nice, pans out nicely. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Uh, you see today the old um, LGBT conversion therapy discussion going on in the UK. Yeah, yeah, I saw a few uh, outlets trying to paint it as they've banned uh, the conversion, yeah. con- con- conversion therapy, but uh, <laughs> that's that's not full story, it's, is it, mate? Yeah, it's uh, the UK bans conversion therapy with one big fucking asterisk on it. Yeah. Yeah, so the short version seems to be there are no guarantees that it will cover all groups, uh, you know, be it LGBT people, gay people, trans people, um, you know, people of various um, disabilities, you know, like they, it, it might not cover things like ABA for autism. Um, there's the whole factor of it being a consultation, which means who knows if it'll ever happen. Um, well, I mean, given how they are with other consultations. You know, yeah. Um, but I think possibly most concerning about the whole thing is... The rumblings and discussions about um, exemptions to uh, conversion therapy bans. Yeah, we've heard about, like, uh, I think religious liberty was brought up as as one of the uh, possible options there. So the two main ones seem to be religious exemptions and exemptions for therapists, um, which is a problem because bans on... Sounds like... Aren't aren't they usually the groups that do conversion therapy? Well, exactly. This is the thing, is... Most typically, the groups that will do conversion therapy that will try and force people to not be who they are through torture and mental coercion, yeah. um, which, you know, side side note, has been proven time and time and time again to not actually change who people are. It just makes them feel guilty until they hide it. Yeah. But, like, you know, it is typically rogue shitty therapists 
or religious organisations. Yeah. And those are the two main groups that, like, you know, when people ask for a ban on conversion therapy, they are largely asking for it to stop those groups doing it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, those are the main culprits that we would like to stop it. Yeah, so what what they're really saying is conversion therapy ban... No, not really. <laughs> Just yeah. kidding. Con- conversion therapy ban, Psych. except for the people who would do it. The people who would do it can keep doing it, but like for everyone else, don't do it. Yeah. You know, like don't do it in your house for no reason. Go see, go see a trained conversion th- conversion therapy therapist. Yeah, don't electrocute your own children. Yeah, you send them somewhere else. Let let the pastor electrocute them. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, and, and pastors have uh, historically been so good at you know taking care of people with mental health problems. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. It, the one. <sighs> I hate to say there's a saving grace to them doing a consultation. It's not going to be a good thing, but it does mean that there is potentially some room for shouting about the specifics of this and being loud about particularly making sure there are not exceptions and there are not loopholes that will let some groups do conversion therapy because you know how that will pan out is parents who want to conversion therapy their kids will go right what are the exceptions right we'll take them to one of them to do it yeah not only you know what are the exceptions but like we've also already got ramblings from uh, lgb alliance we're like well you know i can I can slip in there and just, uh, you know, just do a. Well, we, we, what, what if we, what if we still converted trans people? Because trans people are a form of conversion therapy. Oh, yeah. that's the thing. Conversion therapy bans only work if you ban every form of it. You yeah. got to do it all at once, otherwise it is just going to fester and continue to be a fucking problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Virtual luck. Yeah, virtual luck. <sighs> <sighs> counting down the weeks. Yeah, counting down the weeks. Hopefully, not many more than that now. Uh, fingers right. crossed. Fingers crossed. Oh, I think I'm off for a cover. Yeah, same. Nice. nice. Have, have, have a good one. You too, mate. So, Laura. <gasps> yes. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura McCabe, that's pretty much everywhere Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Um. You can find me on Twitch Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. Uh, You can find episodes of Accessibility every Friday on YouTube. Uh, The most recent episode to have gone up when you listen to this will be about Resident Evil 8's level of accessibility. Jane did a very fun job with the edit on this one. (laughs) Go check it out if for no other reason than to see... Me shrinking ever smaller while Lady Dimitrescu hovers over me. It's a good, good video. Um, Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't watched it, go go watch it. It's very good. That's the point. Yeah, I suppose it will have already been out by now. Yeah, it'll have been out right? several days already. Go watch it. If you didn't want to be spoiled, go watch it on Fridays when it goes up. Right. Uh, there's books, Uncomfortable Labels. It's about being autistic and trans. It's out now. Things I learned from Mario's butt. It's about video game character butts. It's got reviews and pictures and guests in it. That's out now. Gender Euphoria is about non-cis people's just positive real life stories. Mm. That's out on June 10th. By the time you hear this, I will have signed hundreds of copies of it. Trying to get ready to send them all out to backers. We're going to get them out to people as soon as possible. It's just 
the logistics of signing books in a pandemic is is time consuming. Mm-hmm. But as soon as the the signed copies are signed, we will get everyone's copies to them. Uh, then there's there's podcasts, Pixel Squirts about video game character pornography. Uh, there is Podquisition, where we tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. There's Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Every season's its own story, so I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. And I do another podcast with you, Jane, that isn't this one. No, it's Polyamory. It's a D&D 5th edition real play podcast with questionable morals. Um, yeah, you've you've just left the town of Felixstowe, I believe, or are about to leave the town of Felixstowe, where, which was full of tabaxi. Because I'm unoriginal in my naming conventions. <laughs> uh, I also make music under the name Bedroom Programmer. Uh, I recently put up a track called Noodle Sandwich. You can enjoy that over on my SoundCloud. I have another SoundCloud just for podcasts. That's got uh, my um, it's got uh, Polyamory and this. You might be listening to this there. And also uh, the program, which is another thing that I did a little while back. You can enjoy that. Uh, I've got a Facebook group. I've got a Redbubble store where I sell t-shirts that I designed. I write about board games over on stonemonkeyradio.blog. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel, I've got a Twitch, I uh, upload, uh, or I'm live on Twitch on Thursday nights at 19.30 UK time uh, for about two hours. Come say hi. We have a lot of fun. I'm on Twitter. Most importantly though, Patreon, that's the one that pays my bills for as little as a dollar a month. You can help me justify 76 hour work week. And maybe if I get enough Patreon backers, I will be able to take even more time off of my day job and actually get around to making more of that music. Whomst can say. Uh, that's patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. Uh, also, uh, I'm just the easiest way to find all my stuff is streamerlinks.com slash janiac. That's J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Laura? Yeah? Sing us out, please, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>